Hello guys and welcome to episode 25 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast, a podcast discussing the things gamers like to put off, get to another day and oh yes, we'll definitely beat later their backlog. I'm your host Adam and today we will be setting up a Steam bot city and mining the depths as we discuss the station and Thunderful city and mine building game Steam World Build. The game released everywhere on December 1st and takes the SteamWorld franchise into the city building genre after already being in the Metroidvania, RPG and turn-based strategy genre with other games like SteamWorld Dig, SteamWorld Quest and SteamWorld Heist. And like those other games, SteamWorld Build takes an already established genre and adds its own twist to it, making it stand out against the competition. The game is charming, easy to pick up for city building noobs and works extremely well on console. I played the game on Xbox uh, since the game is currently on Game Pass and it worked fantastically well there, especially with a controller. Um, on the other hand though, the, the game, uh, what the game does well in its accessibility for new players also mean it lacks some features a more in-depth city builder would have. So let's pick up our pickaxes and dig into the mechanical world of SteamWorld Build. Okay, so let's let's start off as we tend to do with these games with the story. So the, the game is actually set during the, the world ending events of SteamWorld Dig 2. If you haven't played SteamWorld Dig 2, I highly suggest you go out and, and pick it up. It's on sale all the time, especially on Switch. It's one of my favorite games. It, when I did uh, Switch Indie Fix back in the day, it was one of, I think it was the first game I ever gave a 10 out of 10 to on the, on the, the website. Really good Metroidvania, fantastic game. Um, and this game yeah, is set during the events of that game. Kind of as that game ends, this is like the aftermath of that. And you play as a father called Jack and his daughter uh, Astrid, who are a steambot pair trying to escape the dying world. They have been led by this kind of mysterious orb with an eye, kind of a little bit like the, the computer or the, the guy out of a uh, portal. Like he just has this one eye um, called Core, who informs the pair that to escape the world, they have to go and dig into the world's crust and un uncover an ancient tech. Uh, that has been lying dormant there for millennia, uh, which can be used to build a rocket, which they can then escape the planet with. Um, after eventually finding a mineshaft, an abandoned mineshaft, and uh, some mysterious radio transmissions have been beamed through Astrid, where she basically comes out as almost like this messiah character leading the, the steambots away. Your task is then to set up the, the last ever steambot city and delve into the depths in the search of this ancient technology. And the story itself, it's like... The way I kind of wrote it down in my notes is the story is there. Like it's very much a, okay, if you need some reason why the events in this game are happening, like why are you building this city and why are you mining, um, th there is a story surrounding it. Like it's very basic. It's it's like, yeah, okay, we are trying to escape. We need to set up this city. We have to go into the mines to find these ancient artifacts that we can build into a rocket. And there is some kind of twist in it, which you can probably, as soon as, uh, pretty much as soon as you see the character core, you're probably going to realize what the twist will be. Um, but it's very kind of high level in a sense of like, yeah, okay, this plays out after certain checkpoints within the game where you reach certain kind of goals and a little bit of the story will be given. But what I do like about it is that the story still holds a lot of that kind of Steam World charm. Um, like it's kind of a little bit silly in ways. It has like kind of like these gags in it. Uh, which kind of make you roll your eyes, but also kind of make you think, oh yeah, this is like a cool, just part of this kind of the humor of this universe. 
And what I, I really think uh, is nice is that like you have these kind of these pioneer like steam bots that, you know, uh, are kind of in their wagons with their with their carts heading west to try and find a safe place to live. Uh, and they have these they're meant to have these very Western, almost like cowboy accents. And it's just funny that these these Western cowboy accents have a very just a slight twinge of like Scandinavian d the accent to them or Swedish accent. So like you know the voice actors in it are obviously just people are, are based in 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 the station or in Thunderful, which are both based in Sweden. And yeah, and it just kind of gives you the impression that yeah these are scandinavian or swedish people trying to do an american accent which also for me adds kind of to the charm like they didn't have to do voice acting for this game but i like that they did and they just kind of went at it as kind of like yeah well we can we can do it ourselves and it it works but yeah it is quite funny but again it, it just kind of adds to the charm um, but yeah, like uh, the story itself, it's it's a reason for you to build a city, I suppose. Um, and this the game it, itself, it has four different maps which you can play. In. I think there's a fifth one now. They released one for winter where it's covered in snow, which is nice. Uh, but the four main ones are uh, Giddy Up Gorge, which is the one I played, which is kind of like uh, yeah, like very much like you're in the almost like the the American West, like the Gang Grand Canyon. It's very canyony, very orange. Uh, then there is High Roller Dunes. There is Grand Gully. Tumbletown and Fossil uh, Fossil Park. So actually, there's five. I missed uh, missed one off there. Five plus the Christmas one. Um, and yeah, and in each one, the story is the same. Like you can actually choose if you want to play the story in them or not. So that's quite like a nice choice. Like if you have played through one and you want to keep playing, you don't have to have the, the story happen again. But more or less, the same events happen. Like you you basically do the same thing. You are mining and building the city, looking for these ancient parts to build a rocket to escape. And once you build the rocket and fill it with rocket fuel, you escape and that's how you beat beat the, the game. Um, for beating each map, you also do get like a specific perk for that, for the next game that you play. So some of them might be that like, um, yeah, you need less miners or, or less minor tiles in the, in the mine. Um, to make miners so that's kind of like a thing that makes it a little bit easier so there is little perks to, to do to to kind of incentivize you to keep playing for me i only played through giddy up gorge um and played through the story and that was enough for me but for people that maybe want to get into the game and and really like kind of min max the game itself into like how well they're or how economic their cities are and how how kind of well they they work there is like a reason to go back and, and keep playing even if it's not the story but that kind of like leads us on nicely to the mechanics of the game. So the best way to describe it is, like I said, it's like a there is a city builder and a mine uh, builder aspect to it. Um, so the game is kind of split into two parts. Um, each are kind of separated from each other. So like the 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 amount of citizens you need in the city don't affect your mine, and the amount of miners uh, you have in the mine don't affect your city. So it's not like you need ten people in your city to have ten miners. It's like they're completely separated. But what uh, does cross between them is obviously the resources that you find in the mine. They go to, they uh, go towards the city to be crafted into different items, and also um, the mine has like different. I think there's three levels to it, and each level is kind of locked on how many different types of citizens you have. So like level one is like okay, how many engine you need this many engineers, and then level two is you need this many aristocrats, and then level three is this many scientists, and that is kind of like the 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 only overlap between the two. Uh, but if we go into the city, so it's kind of like I said, it, it, the map that I started started on Giddy Up Gorge, it's very much like this American kind of Midwest, uh, like canyony, very orange, very like you know you have these like dust 
all these like scrap balls flying by um and yeah it gives you and when you start off it starts off very kind of uh small it feels like very much like a backwater town like like how a lot of the steam world dig game or steam world games are like you're in this kind of this this border town on the edge of civilization where uh like the law doesn't really apply that's very much how the game feels off at the start um, and yeah, you, you kind of start filling your city with uh, different steambots. The first kind of class of steambots are called workers. These ones are like the manual labor. They don't really need, it doesn't take much for them to be happy. And and a big theme of the game or the big aim of the game is to keep all of your different types of steambots happy. And, you, and to, when they are completely happy, then you can upgrade them. So if you manage to get your workers happy, you can upgrade them to become engineers. Uh, once you get your engineers uh, happy, they can be upgraded up to aristocrats. And when aristocrats are 100% uh, happy, they then turn into scientists. Um, and obviously, on depending on the tiers or on the levels, it takes more and more resources and more and more kind of buildings around the city to to keep each of those levels happy. Uh, one thing, yeah, one my one of my picks about this game is keeping all of these different levels and different types of steambots happy is a pain in the ass um because for one it's quite like uh it's quite hard to tell what they need um there are like icons you, you can look like hover over a house and it will tell you okay these are the icons that it needs to be filled and um it basically so at first the icons are quite it's quite hard to see what they are so it's quite hard to work out what you actually need um so i felt like a lot of the time and and a lot of throughout this game a lot of it was like just testing like i felt like the the help tips were helpful but not really the best like they gave you like the main kind of spine of the game but then there were some other things like um like for example there is a resource that is moonshine right and to to make moonshine you needed to have uh like cactus sap i think it's called and then you needed to have uh glass bottles and i was like okay well i have the cactus sap because the game told me i need to make a cactus farm but how do i make a glass bottle and it took me for a long long time to work out via the ui how i make the bottles and what i need to make them so what i needed to do was i needed to make a sand factory that produces sand then when i have the sand factory i can make a glass uh, a bottle making factory which then takes the sand and makes the bottles but there was no nothing really from the game to tell me to make those two it just told me okay make the cactus and now make moonshine so it was a lot of like kind of working stuff out myself um which is fine but yeah like i said it's quite difficult sometimes when you you are looking at your population you know i don't understand why they're all unhappy that like everything the game told me to do i've done uh, but still uh that they, they there is a resource that they need and um yeah so it's kind of like uh like sometimes and as well it's quite difficult to realize what um what buildings that you need to build are have like an area of effect and what are just producing items so there are some like there is uh, the general store there is like the the cleaning service and i think the saloon and a few other ones where you have to place them within an area and any bots that are affected by that that specific building will get like a buff and it will say okay the need for that building is 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 met but it's quite difficult sometimes to, to realize like, okay, well, which building actually is one that needs to be placed within an area and which ones can are like factories that just produce goods that then can be put into a warehouse and, and can be distributed throughout your town. So it was quite difficult sometimes where I, I, there was a couple of times where I actually remodeled my entire city to be like, all right, all of the workers are in this section, all of the engineers are in this section, all of the aristocrats are in this section and all of the scientists are in this section. But then for example, I, I put down like a, um, um 
a, a burger shop because I thought, oh yeah, a burger shop, that will definitely be, be one that needs to be within an area because they have to all get to the burger shop. But then it turned out, oh, actually, you could place it anywhere. As long as that, 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 as long as that shop is producing burgers, everyone will be happy. So there was like things like that where the game didn't necessarily tell you like what which buildings you needed to place where, which led to a little bit of like, ah, okay, now I have to like move all of these people around, delete some roads, like try to make it a bit more efficient so I can fit everything in all at once. When then eventually I realized, oh, actually, I don't need to fit all of these buildings together. I can put all of them at the other end of the city if I want to, and it and it will still make my scientists happy, even though they're not next to each other so there's like things like that where the the game was a little bit uh unclear and didn't really help and i think in general the happiness of the steam bots is a little bit strict in my opinion um especially when it comes to the scientists at the end of the game because uh like i said to upgrade um workers into engineers and engineers into aristocrats and then aristocrats into scientists they have to be 100 happy which means they need all of their needs uh, met um, and when it gets to the end of the game, the scientists also need 100% of their needs met to start making rocket fuel, which is like the very last resource you need to produce to be able to end the game. Um, which, yeah, it is a bit of a pain because obviously the scientists are the hardest ones to keep happy because they need they have the most resources they need um, to make them happy. So there's like, I don't know, I think there's like 10 or 12 different things you have to do to make them happy. And then again, by the end of the game, your city is pretty robust. Um, and it kind of becomes like a bit like uh, balancing plates. So it's like, okay, I have all of these plates balancing and all of the plates are spinning round. And okay, if I leave them, then they're going to be fine. But then it's like with the scientists, okay, I need to add this new building. And it's like, oh, okay, but this new, be this new building basically takes a new resource. Um, so if I take that resource, then this other factory that uses that resource is then got, not going to be able to make this item that I need to keep everyone else happy. So it's really like a balancing act of like, okay, trying to make sure that either you, you expand slowly um, and make sure that you have enough like raw resources from your mines or from, from um, yeah, from like kind of wood or sand or whatever or water that you can expand. Um, because if you expand too quickly, then basically, yeah, your whole, everything just comes crashing down um, because also the, the happiness of your bots is based on how much money you earn per day. So if they're 100% happy, you get 100% of the tax from them. If they're only 50% happy, you only get half the amount of tax you could have. So that also affects it. So yeah, so this, the idea of the plate spinning is like, yeah, once one tumbles, then they all just come crashing down. And then you're kind of like, okay, I have to pause the game. Then looking to these charts, which the game does have like, um, it has like nice kind of resource charts to show you what resources you're overproducing, which ones have been underproduced. Um, but it's kind of, uh, it doesn't really tell you why a resource hasn't been made or, or what the solution is to make sure that this resource, that you have enough of this resource. Uh, kind, of, kind of most of the time, a bit like I said, with the with the glass and trying to find and trying to make sand, you're kind of less left to guess what you need to do and kind of left an experimenting with like, okay, well, if I turn off um, this factory that also that is using this resource will I have enough to make another resource that I need to make these scientists happy so it's a lot of experimenting um, and like yeah one example I had in in the late game was um, I built an artist studio which you need to make scientists happy and the artist studios produce paint and at first this was also one of those ones where I thought okay the artist studio must be an area of uh, like an area of like a radius of distance that needs to be within my scientist hub it didn't need to be there it just needed to produce um produce paintings 
but for the longest time I just couldn't get it to start producing I, I didn't know why um, and then I was basically then had to go back through pretty much all of the the whole chain of uh, production to work out okay what is actually the problem where what is missing because on my maps it was obviously telling me that okay I'm not producing any paintings and then it was also saying I'm not producing any oil paint which you need to make paintings and then I basically realized that like um, okay what what is missing and the thing that was missing was crude oil which you get or just like raw oil which you then turn into crude oil which then can be turned into gasoline that aristocrats and scientists need or it can be turned into paint which then be, can be turned into paintings and then it was a little bit of again like kind of like okay well how can i how can i like fix this because in the mine i had i was i was gathering all of the oil like the raw oil that i could so i knew like okay there's nothing really more i can do so it kind of took a bit of like experimenting like okay well what can i do can i can i produce uh, more more uh, do i have enough raw oil that i can keep producing more crude oil so then do i need to make another crude oil factory that then can double production of crude oil which means okay then i have one factory producing crude oil for the petroleum and one uh, factory producing crude oil for the oil um paint which then can create the paintings and then I did that and that started to help. And then it was also a little bit more experimenting, but then I started to run out of raw oil because now I had two factories producing crude oil. So again, it was a little bit of like, uh, just like mess, like messing around and it would work for a, a while. And then it, then it would crash again and you're like, okay. And sometimes it, it like really made me think like, okay, I, I feel like I need like an, an economics degree to play this a little bit, to keep all of this balance there. Um, and it kind of, yeah, this kind of coupled with the like the idea that the scientists have to be 100% happy um, kind of made me feel like uh, like like the, the, the end game was just really drawn out. Like this, the, all of these kind of this balancing acts of trying to get everyone 100% happy, um, it, it <clears throat> just kind of turned into like an unnecessary grind of like just tweaking stuff and trying to just work out, okay, where can I save resources to be able to create different resources to make these people happy? Um, and yeah, in the end, the way that I ended up solving the problem was uh, by using the train station, which really until that point, I, I had thoroughly, thoroughly underused. So yeah, each train, uh, sorry, each map is based around a train station, which yeah, is actually vital for your survival because you can use the station to trade goods. Uh, so, for example, if you have a lot of wood but are running short on something like water, you can trade the wood for the water and in the station it tells you what the trade ratio is. So, it might be like one piece of wood will get you two pieces of water. <clears throat> and then each kind of loop where the train comes, it will automatically, as long as you have enough wood, it will trade that amount of wood for the amount of water. Uh, and, yeah, and towards the end of the game, this, like, becomes incredibly important because, like, in the example I gave before about crude oil, where I was not being able to produce enough, this became like the lifeline where I was like, okay, I have like too much wood, I have too many tools, I have too many sh uh, like uh, metal sheets. So then I could trade all of these things for crude oil and that basically propped up my economy enough that I could then start making the paint, which then led to making the paintings, which then led to my scientists being 100% happy and led to them starting to create rocket fuel. So then I could finish the game. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's like I said, like it's, I would suggest if you're thinking of playing the game, make sure you use the, the, the train station from the very beginning. I think this is like a thing where, which you can use to like mid max the game if you want to, like the game doesn't, I, I would say it doesn't really have that many things. Like, like a lot of city builders have that like mid maxing thing of like, okay, if I build this 
if I build this this city block out like exactly like this, I know that okay, I, everything is is kind of efficient in in the best way and it, it works the best. I think the only way you can really do that in this game is yeah, is by using the train station to to mid max like your resources. Like okay, to make sure that you always have enough resources to produce whatever you want to produce, and it does become like a lifeline. Like I think yeah, it, without this right revelation of like oh, I should just use a train station to get my get myself more crude oil, then I wouldn't have been able to finish the game. And what's also cool in the in the train station is like every time the train arrives, it will give you three different options for perks to buy. So the perks can be like they can be put on buildings, so that sometimes like uh, they will like increase production. Um, they can be put on like warehouses where it's like okay, warehouses will the the people the couriers will move faster. They can be put on um, different like parts, uh, different types of people in the mine. So it might be that you. You have miners that are more efficient. You might get new weapons for your guards, uh, stuff like that. So that's also kind of like cool. Like it's almost like they're like Joker cards that you can buy to be like, okay, I yeah, I need to make more burgers. So if I put this card on my burger shop, I will get twenty percent more burgers produced for the same amount of resources. So it's also like kind of like a cool thing to to experiment with, and it's it's always random. You always only get free. It's always random what you get. And uh, yeah, they're kind of nice to buy. Like if you're in a, if you're in a bit of a sicky situation and you're like, oh, I really need something to just to just give me like a little boost so I can get over this this milestone, then these cards are really really helpful. Um, and the city itself, yeah, like uh, the city, uh, it's when I love just kind of going. I, and I do this in lots of city builders, going down to like street level and just kind of wandering around. And what I love in 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 Steam World Build is that the the city just feels so alive. Like each building. Um, or each special building like or each factory or building that produces something it has a unique look and there's so much like movement like there are so many uh, bots moving around like civilians just walking and then there are couriers who are running past and then there are parts of the buildings that are moving like for the pa the paint factory on the roof is like a, uh, a tube of paint with a big roller that like squeezes the paint out that looks really cool um, there are like like farms in there where like them big sections of your your city become uh, farms to like these robot cows which is really cool uh, you have the um the space the rocket eventually that looks like this huge skyscraper in the middle of your city like the game itself is gorgeous uh the city ran fantastically like i had i think i, th I think i had like something like 2000 people in my city uh, or maybe it was 20,000, I can't remember. It was, it was quite like a high number, but the game ran flawlessly all the way through. I never really experienced any any issues at all with the game uh, on like a bug perspective. Like it was really highly polished, really fun to play. Using the controller was straightforward. Like it did take a little bit to get into the kind of the rhythm of using a controller in a city building game, city building game, but it did re work really, really well. It's very simplified. Like there's not too many menus. Drawing roads was really easy to do. Placing buildings was really easy to do. Like they really just refined using a controller to make a city builder, which felt really nice. And uh, yeah, it definitely like scratches that that itch if if you are a fan of like uh, of city builders. But um, it isn't so crazy where you you get into like the the weeds of it. Like you know if you if you've ever played um, Sim City or City Skylines. You know, in that you you felt you feel like almost like you're a, a civil engineer. Like it's like, okay, how can I make the traffic flow as 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 efficient as possible to make sure that people can get from A to B? There's nothing really like that in this game. Like the only thing you can really do is you can upgrade your roads, and all all that does is make it makes people move faster along them. But there's nothing of like, okay, if I place. I don't know a factory here and a warehouse here. Will that make things more efficient? It's like it might, but it, it 
doesn't really make that much of a difference. Um, like your characters or your 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 steam bots aren't going to get like bunched up somewhere. There's no there's not going to be any funnels or kind of bottlenecks for movement around the town. It doesn't have like that level of city builder to it, which I think is great for because it's on a lot of consoles. And it's also just, yeah, just a bit more like, like I said, like it's easier to pick up for noobs or people that like enjoy them, but maybe don't have a, a PC where they can, you know, use the mouse or drag and drag and draw roads or whatever. Um, so I think it's like, yeah, it's really like a great game if you are a city building kind of fan, but, but maybe don't have a PC. Um, or if you're new to the genre, like it's a very approachable game, which I, which, uh, yeah, I think is fantastic. The other side of the game then is the mines and the mines are broken into like three levels, uh, where you can get resources like gold, tools, scrap, oil, gas, and water. Um, there are four different types of bots in the mines. You get miners who do the mining, you get prospectors who do things like, um, there are kind of like resource nodes in the mines and you have to set up special machines there and the, the prospectors then go and collect all of the resources. There are also like this like weird fungi kind of, uh, balloon pink balloon shaped resource that you use to make plastic they collect all of that you have mechanics who basically uh, build uh, your machines down in the mine and then you have guards who are kind of like little soldiers that run around and if there are any enemies in the mines they attack the enemies and defend them um yeah at first like i really like the mines like it's just it's a really cool like add-on to the game that it's again it just feels like a completely different world uh, that you are like digging out these huge spaces to to have these different types of bots you have to basically draw tiles on the floor to be like okay here is a three by three tile and that gives me then two miners and the bigger you make the tiles the, the more miners you have so you, you kind of incentivize to clear out big spaces on the first level it's pretty straightforward there are no enemies so you can just do what you want um, you can also get rubies there which are uh, used as like a resource to buy these perks from the train station which i talked about before um, but then as you get to level two you do then uh, find these like kind of uh, bug enemies which then you need guards to to kind of uh, defend you you can also build an armory which then lets you build weapons there's like a um, there's a thing called a thumper where there are these kind of worms that appear and if a if a robot walks by it'll grab the robot and eat it the thumper makes sure that the worms don't come out of the ground there's like a rocket launcher and then eventually you get this kind of like electricity blast uh it looks like a tesla coil um like gun and then yeah when you get down to the third one you end up yeah having quite it's like quite a lot of enemies that you have to fight off um but usually by then you have enough resources to make enough guards uh the guards again you can get like those those joker cards to give them better weapons uh one tip is make sure that one of your guards always at least has a flamethrower because there is this thing called the i think it's called the blight which uh is kind of like this like tentacly looking plant which um yeah, which I'll talk about in a minute, actually. But you need a you need a flamethrower to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, it, at the start there, it's really cool. Like I really enjoyed the mines. At the end, though, the mines became a, again like a kind of a they added to this grind a little bit because in the end game for me, like I said, it took me so long to make sure that to get all of my characters happy, uh, my characters, my my bots happy, and then my um, to start making this this rocket fuel that. In the mines, there is every, I don't know, I think it's like every 10 minutes you get attacked. There's like a wave of enemies attack you. And this just became really, really annoying. Not because like the enemies were really a threat, but the problem was is that the enemies always attack. Um, you, you put up these, um, you put up these, what are they called? 
uh, these like building supports in the mine that hold up the roof. So if you don't put them up there, then you get cave-ins. And it was really annoying because they would always attack these building supports and then destroy them. And then what would happen is the game would tell you, oh, you have a cave-in, but it never ever told you where the cave-in was. So there was one point where I was like, oh yeah, whatever, it's, there's a caving, like it doesn't really matter. The most, uh, the, the most annoying thing I thought then was that, oh, okay, what happens is every so often your screen kind of shakes when a caving happens. Um, but what I didn't realize was that actually if you have a caving and rocks fall down, then that's where the blight can grow. And then the blight kind of spreads square by square every couple of seconds. And if you don't have a guard with a flamethrower, you can't get rid of the blight. So um, yeah, basically I got to a point where I was like, okay, it's getting, it's really annoying me now that the screen is, is shaking. And then I was like, okay, well, uh, what do I, okay, why, I need to find out where um, where these cavings are happening. There was no, or at least I found no quick, like quick menu button that took me straight to where it said it was it was caving in. And then I was also getting pop-ups that said, oh yeah, there is blight, uh, you encountered blight, you encountered blight. And I was looking around all of the different levels all over the map until eventually I just found one huge area, which was one of the areas where all of the enemies spawn, where it was just covered in blight. And I was like, oh God, I don't know how I can get rid of these these blight things. Like how, how do you get rid of them? And then luckily I, I was on the train station and I saw oh, you can get a flamethrower for your guard and it said remove, removed, uh, remove blight. But then I was like, well, okay, I bought that. And I was like, well, then how do I actually equip it onto my... Um, one of my guards and then that took me a while to work out that you just click on the the squares like where your guards uh, are based and you press i think x and then you can equip it and then yeah then it took forever to get rid of all of this blight and then eventually i could build up the the the, the props again or the um the supports that hold up the roof but it was just annoying because like i said every five to ten minutes there would be a wave of attacks we would always defeat the attacks but they would always remove like one or two supports which then would cause cave-ins which then would make the screen shake and then it would make me be like all right well, okay there are like six locations where enemies attack you from on the, the bottom two levels of the of the mines so it's like all right i have to go through each of the six and look for these tiny little squares that um need support so it just became again like a slog and i was like oh it would be so nice if there was like an accessibility thing where you can just turn them off like turn off these waves or make them happen less often because it was so annoying like you'd be in the middle of trying to mid-max your city and work out like okay you're looking at these charts and being like all right what am i missing and then all of a sudden you're like oh, okay i have to pause the game go through look around these six locations find out where um where the support had been destroyed and then and then prop it back up so yeah, I think again, if maybe if I if this end game hadn't been such a grind, and maybe if I'd worked out to use a train station earlier, then this might not have had much of an effect. But as like a first time player playing the game, I felt like the ge the game actually didn't really inform me how to get rid of the blight, or inform me that these supports could be could be removed, or just give me like you know if it, it gave you an icon saying okay, it's like a red icon that says that there are cave ins. It would be nice if I could just press like right on the d-pad and it would just take me exactly where the cave-in and happen then i could just build a support and it'd be done with um so yeah so kind of that with the the robot happiness um yeah the the supports falling down and then also the kind of looking through the resources towards the end really made the end feel long and grindy um but yeah i think if we kind of go into the conclusion of the game itself um i think the game is like it is a really it is a really really good game like i really i did enjoy my time with it um, and I, it's nice to see Steam World as like a, an IP or a franchise 
branch out. Like I said, they already did it with Metrovania, they've done it with RPG, and they've done it with uh, with turn-based kind of strategy. Um, it's nice to see them branch out and, and go into something else because I think it's cool. You know, they could just make a, a SteamWorld Dig 3 or a, a SteamWorld Heist 2 because those games are beloved. But they are trying something different, which I think is awesome. I think they've done a they've done it a really good job of it. Like I said, I think it's if you are uh, like a city building enthusiast, but you only have a console, this is like the perfect game to to, to pick up because uh, especially if you have Game Pass, because it's on Game Pass right now, it's a perfect game because it works fantastically with the controller. It's like I said, it's quite easy to pick up. It doesn't have too much depth in it, um, but there are definitely some things that like maybe you know. It, it would have been nice to have like prompts telling me where these cavings had happened or prompts telling me like, okay, well, you need this resource to build this resource. You should build these two uh, factories. That would have been nice too. So I didn't have to work it out myself. So yeah, I think if you are someone that is like really into city building games, this one might feel like a city builder light to you a little bit because it doesn't have those intricacies of, like I said, like traffic flow or kind of mid-maxing where you position buildings to make sure that people can move around as quickly as possible. It doesn't really have that. There's also not really that effect. Like I know people like that from SimCity where you can create like natural uh, uh, disasters that completely wipe out your city and then let you rebuild. I don't think there's any aspect of that here either. Um, so that, that kind of layer is missing. But I think for people that are maybe interested in the Steam world, ip as a franchise or are interested in playing like a quite a, a a low kind of entry level city builder steamworld dig does a fantastic job um but yeah even though the end game was a slog for me like now that i've been talking about it a little bit i'm like i wonder i wonder how different it would be like going back with the, the lessons that i learned and being like okay i know exactly what i'm doing now how much i could make it more efficient in the sense of okay not making the mistakes like i know exactly which buildings i need to make i know exactly what resources i need i know exactly how the game works i wonder how quickly i could go from making you know from the very beginning to finishing the game like i probably would be able to do it in a lot uh, a lot less time i think the, i probably spent about 10 hours in the game um but i'm pretty sure if i did it again i could probably do it in like half that time so uh yeah you never know maybe if i get some time later on this year or maybe if the game is going to get some new updates or something like that, uh, I might go back to a different map and just play through it again just to experience how different it is and how, how much from what I've learned in my first playthrough I can put into the other one. Because like I said, you don't necessarily have to play through the story again. If you don't want to, you can turn that off. So yeah, I guess there is some replayability there. So yeah, guys, that was episode 25 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast. Is SteamWorld build on your backlog or have you already managed to knock it off? Are you going to try it out? If you are on Game Pass, I would say, yeah, at least try it out like for a f for an hour or so. like Just get into it and see how it feels because it is a, it is a good game and I did enjoy playing it. Um, but yeah, if you're a Spotify listener, you can let me know if you've tried out the game uh, by answering the question down below in the description. And if you're listening anywhere else, why don't you let me know on social media media by adding me at SwitchIndieFix on, on X or Twitter or um, adding me on Instagram at BYB underscore podcast. Um, guys, please remember Beat Your Backlog is a new, uh, a new is a young podcast and needs your support. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider subscribing and or following wherever you were listening and leaving us a five-star review because five-star reviews help new people find the podcast. So thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Let me know if you've checked out Steam World Build and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.